Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest voxcasting either side of the breach. On today's episode, we meet Sandeep Desai, a renowned scholar, magician, and mentor to countless arcanists. Sandeep is an expert on Garmin, those spirits that inhabit every aspect of the material world. But in today's story, he comes up against a challenge that pushes his abilities to their limits. I hope you enjoy part one of Against the Wind, right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of Breachside Broadcast is brought to you by Lyrical Ballads, the new collection of poetry by William Wordsworth. This book is full of bold and radical ideas. Get your copy at Fauntleroy's Rare Books before the Guild destroys the entire print run. Against the Wind by Tim Akers A cloying mist clung to Sandeep's legs as he pushed through the crowd. The sounds of reverie and horror filled his head, and the ground underfoot was a slippery concoction of filth, discarded liquor, and the sulfurous leavings of the twisted rats that called this district home. Sandeep grimaced as his boots squelched through the muck. The path to his office was lined with vagrants, too far gone in their bottles or their madness to mind their surroundings. Sandeep stepped over them, finally unlocking the nondescript door to his sanctuary and slipping inside. Sanctuary. It was hardly the appropriate word for this musty nook, tucked behind a rendering factory, hidden from all but the most well-informed eyes. But that was how Sandeep thought of it. A sanctuary from the madness of Malifaux. Sandeep pulled off his muck-splattered wellingtons, setting them carefully on the mat inside the door, before donning his slippers. A muttered word brought his brass lantern to life, throwing warm light through the room. Shelves stuffed with books, scrolls, codices, and the collected ephemera of a life dedicated to learning covered the walls. Sandeep's desk lay bare, the polished wood of its surface spotted with ink and tea stains. He wrestled his latest work, a collection of poems by the radical poet Wordsworth, out of his coat, and laid it carefully on the desk. The book was a rare volume. Most of the originals had been destroyed by the Guild, the remaining copies scattered to the winds. A roar went through the street beyond Sandeep's narrow window, followed closely by the sounds of fighting. Sandeep pulled the window closed, and drew the heavy curtain tight, muffling the commotion then inhaled a deep and meditative breath. This was not the life Sandeep had imagined for himself, nor the place he'd imagined himself living. 
his days on the windswept hills of his youth, spent in quiet contemplating in the matter or learning from his master, were a distant memory. A painful memory, singed with fire and the wrath Sandeep had carried with him from that place. But those had been his best days. Fool that he was for not recognising it at the time. Since coming to Malifaux, Sandeep's life had been one of strife and toil, teaching eager students under the guild's watchful eye, the fight for knowledge too often becoming a matter of blood and gunpowder rather than strenuous debate, living in cramped conditions, always with the fear of reprisal or imprisonment lurking in the shadows. It was a warrior's life, and Sandeep was an academic, but sometimes scholars had to be warriors as well. Sandeep settled back into his meditation, shutting out the raucous crowd in the streets outside, letting the smell of incense, candle wax and old books fill his head. There was still peace to be found in Malifaux, in the spirit, if not the body. He descended toward peace, leaving the anger behind, leaving the world behind. His reverie was interrupted by a sharp knock on his door. Another drunk looking for the madam's house across the street, most likely. Sandeep waited, keeping his breathing steady and his mind beyond his body. The knock came again, this time sharper and more desperate. Someone's husband, then, afraid to be seen on this street. This is not the place you are seeking, Sandeep called. Across the street, friend. I think it is, came the answer. I pray it is, Master Desai. Sandeep furrowed his brow and stood. Though the location of his office was an open secret, it made him nervous whenever a stranger arrived at his door. Memories of the guild's visit to his temple, so many years ago, still haunted him. He briefly considered lifting the Garda from its place on the altar, but instead drew the Janbia one of his students had given him as a token of gratitude, slipping it inside his sleeve. The man at the door was a recent transplant to Malifaux. His clothes told that story. Too formal in the manner appropriate for travellers, and unprepared for the filth and stench of the streets of Malifaux. His trousers were speckled with mud, and the high collar of his shirt was stained with days of sweat. The once crisp hem of his coat was crumpled, and his hair had not seen a comb, probably since he arrived on this side of the bridge. His eyes told a deeper story, though, beyond the fatigue and the fear that often greets the new arrival to Malifaux. This man was haunted. Master Desai, my name is Lohith Bart. You must help me. I have travelled a long way to seek your aid. Lohith clutched a traveller's bag to his chest, hunching over it, his bright eyes darting over Sandeep's shoulder at the room beyond. We must speak. It is good to see a face from home, Mr. Bart, but you must understand that I am very busy and very tired. If this could wait, it cannot. If you will not help me, then I must seek another, though I fear there is no one quite as able to help me as you. This piqued Sandeep's curiosity. He softened his face and loosened his grip on the knife on his sleeve. 
What is this concern, Mr. Bart? The spirits, Mr. Desai. Your aunt, the brilliant engineer Aisha Desai, spoke to me of your wisdom in the hidden ways of spirits. I was hoping. Sandeep hissed to shush him, pulling Lohith to the side and searching the street. No sign of the guild's usual goons sent to watch the comings and goings of his visitors. That alone was troubling. Aisha should know better than to speak of such things, Sandeep muttered darkly. You must watch what you say, and whom you say it to. What is it that troubles you, that Aisha would trust you with such a secret? The spirits will not leave me alone. They haunt my days and terrorize my nights. My family fears for their lives. It tears me apart to leave them, but the alternative is too horrible to consider. If you seek training, my class meets thrice a week, you should speak to... I do not need your training, Lohith whimpered. The fear in the man's voice rocked Sandy back on his heels. I am at the end of hope, Mr. Desai. If you will not help me, then there is no reason for me to live. Please, if not for my life, then for that of my daughter. Do not take her father from her. Lohith started to draw away. Something stirred in Sandeep. There was something different about this man. Sandeep raised his hand. Peace, friend. There is little that despair can give us other than pain. Come inside and calm yourself. I cannot offer you a mouth of serenity, but at least I have tea. Real tea, not the garbage the street vendors hawk. For the first time, something other than anger and fear sparked in the man's eyes. Sandeep smiled. Real tea. Come, I will hear your story. He pulled Lohith into his office, scanning the street quickly. It did not seem anyone was watching, but in these crowds it was hard to tell. Though whether I can help you, that is for the gods to decide, he muttered to himself. Sandeep closed the door and put a kettle on the flame. Lohith's story was familiar and yet strange. Many who are called to study the Garmin first meet them in dreams and nightmares, finding themselves pulled to the spirits that inhabit all aspects of the material world, even in the drab environs of the mundane world. That was Sandeep's path, and Lohith reported the same night horrors that had started Sandeep on his journey to mastery of the elemental spirits. But from there, it was usually a long and arduous task to being able to summon them. This was where Lohith's story parted from Sandeep's, and it was also the source of his troubles. It began, it began so simply. My daughter and I were flying a kite. Do you have children, Mr. Desai? Lohith huddled over the chipped cup of Assam, his eyes unfocused. Please, call me Sandeep. No, I have never married. The spirits are my children. A bitter child that would be, Lohith muttered. His eyes cleared and he looked up. We were flying kites. It was a pretty day, and work was slow, so Priya and I went up into the fields overlooking our town and flew her kite. The winds were strong, and Priya was happy. He nodded to himself. A good day. And the Garmin, Sandy prompted, when Lohith seemed unwilling to continue. The Garmin. At first, I thought it was just a strong wind. Priya was holding the kite, and a sudden gust pulled her off her feet. I thought it was funny at first, but then she was screaming. I grabbed the line and this, this, 
Muhith was at a loss for words. He looked at Sandeep with trembling eyes. This power, Sandeep nodded. It felt like it was pulling through your bones, yes? Like your very soul was tied to the end of that string, and the wind threatened to yank it from your body. Sandeep put down his tea, gesturing elaborately with his hands. The very stuff of earth and wind and fire made real to you, real in a way it had never been before. The wind came to life. The wind came to life, Lohith agreed, and it tried to kill my little girl. Sandeep listened patiently while Lohith described the attack. Wind garments had formed around the kite, traveling down the line to knock Lohith aside. When he dropped the line, Lohith's little girl had screamed and jumped to save the kite. The garment swept Priya up, lifting her off the ground and toward the clouds. I grabbed her leg, but they pulled and pulled. I was losing my grip, and then I realized we were no longer on the ground. I looked down and saw the field falling away, and I... I almost let go. Lohith looked up at Sandeep, his eyes brimming with tears. I almost gave them my daughter. What kind of father am I? The kind who did not let go, Sandeep said. Were you able to drive them off? No. They dragged us through the air for a while, and finally released us close to the ground. It was three weeks before Priya would come out of the house, and even now she only scuttles from building to building, like a hare fearing the hawk. It is all we can do to get her to sleep at night. And when the wind blows, and the storm beats against the house, he gestured helplessly, there is rest for no one. But that was not the end of it, Sandeep asked. A child's terrors pass, as I know, and the wounds heal with time. Malifaux is a dangerous place and difficult to reach. You would not come here if your daughter's nightmares were the worst of it. I would not, Lohith agreed. Mr. Desai, Sandeep. It began a month ago. Those maniacs, the cultists of the Inferno, whatever they call themselves. They appeared in my village. The constabulary drove them out, but not before they visited a night of terror in the streets. Spirits of all types roamed my village, monstrosities as you've never seen. The guild sent representatives, cleaned things up, and made certain worrying threats. Mr. Sandeep, ever since that night, the Garmin, they will not leave me alone. My wife does not let me into the kitchen whilst the fire is kindled, and during storms the other merchants close shop for fear of the attention I will draw. Garmin are up from the hearth at my passing. A simple breeze will grow teeth if I so much as notice it. It is not a reasonable situation, sir. All this on earth, where the veil is so thick and the Garmin so far away. What have you noticed since your arrival in Malifaux? You see, we sit by a fire, and yet nothing has happened. I assume that was your doing, Lohith said. He cast nervous eyes at the fire, then set his tea on the table and edged away from it. Even now they stir. Sandeep glanced at the flames, but could feel nothing in their depths. He shook his head, then stood and walked to the altar at the head of the room. Even for a man of my learning, even here in Malifaux, there is effort in summoning the Garmin. To think that you, untrained and unprepared, 
can bring them into existence on earth with nothing but a thought. It is amazing to me. Amazing and very interesting. At the altar, he slid open one of the hidden drawers and removed the soul stone. The gem's smooth green face swirled with inner light, like moss swimming under the surface of a clear pond. He turned and presented the stone to Lohith. Do you know what this is? A soul stone, Lohith answered, edging away. The story of these things has reached even my village, Mr. Desai. They are not to be feared. The essence of magic captured in the stone's matrix is nothing more than raw power. You are not afraid of gunpowder, are you? It is a tool, and the fear is in the application. So it is with this. He set the stone on the table between them, and then settled back into his chair. A soul stone will help you control the Garmin that you so unwittingly summon, Mr. Bart. With this you can bid them, bind them to your will, even learn to... I do not wish to bid Garmin, sir. I only want to be rid of them. I only want my old life back. Loeth was on the verge of tears. We do not get what we want sometimes. Sandeep said gently. He glanced at the garda to his right, and could feel the anger humming just beneath the surface. Sometimes we can only do the best we can with the gifts we have. He gestured to the stone. Try it, Mr. Bard. Try to use the stone to control the garmin that haunt you. I do not know how, and even if I did, I'm not sure I would want to. Please, for your daughter's sake, it is a simple matter. That feeling you had when you grabbed the kite's line, of awakeness, of power. Think on that. Try to focus your mind. Reluctantly, Lohith took the stone and closed his eyes. He fell into a state of easy relaxation, palms resting on his lap with the soul stone, breathing even and slow. Sandeep watched with approval. This man lived very close to the edge of spiritual reality. A twist of envy went through Sandeep's heart, but he pushed it back. Very good. Now reach with your mind into the ether. Search for the spirits that haunt you. Do not be afraid. When you are ready, reach for the stone and... The mists trapped beneath the surface of the soul stone twisted out of the gem, wrapping around Lohith, burrowing into his skin and lining his veins in phosphorescent power. He opened his mouth to scream but the sound was cut off by a tiny thunderclap as the little flame heating the kettle erupted. Fiery hands reached out of the conflagration, clawing at the oven, peeling ruts in the iron counter. A Garmin rose from the stove, scattering burning coals around the room. Lohith fell screaming to the floor and scrambled behind the overturned coffee table. Sandeep leapt to his feet. He tried to calm the man. It's all right. One Garmin is no challenge, especially here in Malifaux. You did nothing wrong. This Garmin is no threat to us. He drew his jambier and edged around the wreckage of his stove, waving the knife at the hissing Garmin as he made his way toward the altar at the end of the room where his guard arrested. You don't understand. The pain. The pain. Lohith writhed beneath the toppled couch, clawing at his skin. Light still swirled through his veins. I can't. I can't. He gave a final scream of agony and fell unconscious to the floor. The light twisted out of him, 
filling the room with a brief fog of grass-thin tendrils of power. The dozen flames scattered across the room flared into new life. From each fiery heart, a garmin rose. This, however, is a more serious matter, Sandeep muttered. He jumped to his garter, snatched the heavily ornamented mace from its already burning stand, then hooked Lohith by the armpit and dragged him toward the door. The garmin lunged at him, bright fingers burning holes in Sandeep's clothes, singeing his flesh, driving him away. He swung awkwardly with the garter, bludgeoning one in the head and forcing the rest back. When he reached the door, Sandeep kicked it open and rushed into the muddy street. He dragged Lohith to the centre of the street, before dropping him to whirl to face his office door. The building was already consumed. The laughing faces of fire Garmin danced in the flames, burning hotter than any mortal fire. The bricks of the façade cracked, and the roof collapsed into a column of cinders and burning ash. Sandeep watched his sanctuary as it burned to the ground. Everything passes, he said placidly, though the pain of loss kindled in his heart. At his feet, Luhith coughed and stirred to life. The man stared in horror at the burning building. Master Desai, I am so sorry. I have brought my trouble to you and only made it worse. I have made everything worse. It is all right, Luhith. It wasn't a very nice place anyway. Nothing here ever is. Sandeep shouldered the garter, and then dragged Lohith to his feet. Come on. The guild will be here soon. We must be gone by then. Where will we go? I should leave. I should leave and never come back. Only if you wish to doom your family to a fiery death. There is someone we can talk to. Someone very familiar with stubborn spirits. And the cots they demand of their servants. And she just so happens to be in the city. Lucky for you. She's a difficult beast to track. The closer they got to the docks, the warmer the air became. They drew little attention as they passed through the crowds around the Star Theatre, despite their singed clothes and Lohit's wild-eyed terror. Flame and fear were common elements in Malifaux. The malevolent fog took on a stink of rotting fish. Lohit gagged. The fisheries have gone sour, he muttered. I wouldn't trust their wares. Fisheries? God, no. No one would dare eat the monstrosities that crawl out of the river. That smell is their corpses. Too many to bury, and they don't seem to burn. Tandeep adjusted his robes, covering his mouth. Lohith was simply staring at him in horror. Tandeep shrugged. I would not drink the water, either. The fog parted and their destination came into view. Another warehouse, just within the borders of downtown, but spitting distance from the quarantine zone. There was nothing to mark it apart from a dozen other dilapidated structures along the muddy street, but Sandeep knew better. Ramos, recently fallen from his position of leadership, had taken to stashing his peculiar toys all around the city. The M&SU was still going through his ledgers, but it looked like the old man was preparing for something big, and without the knowledge of his fellow arcanists. And now all those resources were left mouldering in warehouses, waiting to be plucked. Warehouses like this one. And Sandeep knew, from arcanist scouts and the chill in the air, that certain interested parties were taking advantage. Sandeep paused outside, and fixed Lohith in his gaze. 
This woman is not usually in Malifaux, and her discomfort in this place may equal your own. If she is willing to help us, you will find her without equal on this side of the breach. But if she takes a dislike to you, there is no more heartless enemy. She understands Garmin in a way that I cannot. We are fortunate the spring rains have driven her out of the mountains. I thought you were the master of such things. I am well versed in many things, but your problem goes beyond my ken. The Garmin are drawn to you, piercing the veil like hail through fog. I cannot help you, but she might. Lohith deflated at Sandeep's warning, then fixed his eyes on the grimy door and seemed to gather his nerve. He nodded stiffly. Sandeep pulled the door to the warehouse open, wincing as it rattled in its track. A cascade of dust drifted onto their heads. The weak light from the street lamps barely penetrated the gloom inside. Sandeep produced the lantern he had acquired on the way over and lit it. The warehouse was filled to the ceiling with crates and tarp-covered monstrosities, all shrouded in cobwebs and covered in thick dust. Something chittered in the rafters, a shadow that disappeared before Sandeep could fix his eyes on it. A wave of cold air rushed out of the darkness. Are you sure your friend is here? Lohith asked quietly. Sandeep took a deep breath, then let it out. His breath turned to fog. Yes, he said with a smile. I am sure. They crept into the dark warehouse, Lohith cowering behind Sandeep, both of them peering nervously into the murk. There was movement there. A whir of steel, the exhalation of steam. Sandeep paused. Rasputina, come out, my dear. We only wish to talk. I think you will find this a very interesting conversation. What makes you think I am in the market for interesting conversations? A voice came from the far end of the warehouse. As Sandeep's eyes adjusted, he was able to make out a slight form hidden between boxes. He raised the lantern. The figure flinched away. Rasputina's eyes were the colour of drowned flesh. She was dressed for winter, even though the city was in the clutches of a sweltering summer. She held a mechanical construct in her delicate hands, a cross between a child's toy and a meat grinder, its bladed hands twitching against her skin. Sandeep bowed deeply. My lady... Your presence in the city is a rare treat. I wondered if I might take a moment of your time, he said. Rasputina cocked an eyebrow. A rare treat. The last time I came into town, the MNSU sent a crew around to escort me right back out. For my own safety, I was told, as if the guild could make a move against me. Indeed. Though I see you're performing an inventory of our fallen leader's equipment, has your search been satisfying? Rasputina smirked, and then waved the construct in her hands. There is nothing for me here. All clockwork and trickery. Nothing with spirit. She tossed the device into the open crate beside her, to the sound of clashing gears and squealing metal, and then dusted off her hands. They failed Ramos in the end. Yes, they did. Which reminds me, I never did get to ask you about his downfall. Some accounts have you guiding him to the place of his betrayal. Were you aware of Tony's plans, 
or... Rasputina cut him off with an angry gesture. I have nothing to do with the politics of this city, Sandeep. My only interest is power. You do not negotiate with winter. Either you fight it and win, or you die in the effort. What Ironsides did has nothing to do with me. Rasputina folded her arms and then settled her eyes on Lohith, as though seeing him for the first time. Who's your friend? Sandeep cast a nervous eye at Lohith, and gestured graciously. Lohith Bart, recently arrived in our fair city, and heavily burdened with questions that I cannot answer. Considering their nature and your wisdom, I thought it best to consult. Cut the shit, Sandeep. What's the problem? Mr. Bart is a haunted man. Garmin are drawn to him, in a way that I have never seen before. They manifest without being bid. Even on the other side of the breach, all manner of spirits flock to him. How is this a problem? Rasputina asked. Most new summoners struggle to eke out the frailest spirit. If he has the gift of proficiency, why should I want to cure him of it? Because I do not wish to be a summoner, miss. Rasputina, she said. Does my legend not precede me? I know nothing of your world, and want less to do with it, Lohith said. I have a business and a family, and a reason to get up in the morning that does not involve these demons. That's all I want. I did not come to Malifaux because I wanted to, but here I am, and this is the only place I am able to finally express my will, my freedom. Earthside I lived in chains. Here I am free, Rasputina said. But I would not be free without power. You have been given power. Do not throw it away. Not all chains are iron, Rasputina, Sandeep said quietly. Your power comes with cost. It always does. Rasputina sneered, but didn't reply. During her speech, she walked closer, trailing a fog of frost in her wake. She paused in front of Lohith, and turned to Sandeep. The slightest hint of regret traced her features. And what if it does? she asked. What does that have to do with this man? What choice would you make if you had one? Sandeep asked. December's burden must weigh heavily. Surely you had a life on earth before it was taken from you. Would you go back to that if you could? It was not a happy life. And if it had been? If you had a family that loved you, and a home, and a life worth living, would you still be here, in this company? Sandeep took a step forward laying his fingers on the table. Is your power worth that? Some choices can't be made, Rasputina said carefully. So your power can't give you everything, Lohith said. Rasputina glared at him. Lohith flinched under her gaze, and then straightened his back. It may not matter, but I want to make the choice. I want to be the one to decide where I end up regardless of what happens. It may cost you your life, Rasputina warned. This is not my life. This is my body, broken and miserable. My life is with my daughter. I want to give Priya her father back. Rasputina quietly rocked back on her heels in silence. 
She mulled until eventually nodding. I will help. Sandeep let out a long sigh, visibly relaxing. He clapped Loheth on the shoulder. Where do we start? Loheth asked. Is there some ritual we can perform? How does it happen? Rasputina asked. In your dreams? In certain weather? There may be an alignment to one of the great powers. That's where we should begin. Sandeep related the story of the wind garment and the kite, and the fire garment in his office. Rasputina listened, quietly, glancing occasionally at Lohith, watching his reactions. When Sandeep was done, he pulled out one of the chairs and sat down. Lohith remained standing. Considering his reaction to the Soul Stone, I think it wise to keep Lohith away from their power for the time being. At least until we can be sure that he has some control, Sandeep said. I don't want a repeat of that performance. That's not how this works, Rasputina said. If you wish to banish the Garmin from your life, it will be by controlling them. They have no respect for meek avoidance. Running will draw them closer. Cowering will encourage them. You must learn to stand. Are you sure? It seems almost foolish. I am sure. December does not respect me, Sandeep. He fears me. We must take him to the source of his problems and teach him to weather the storm. There is no other way. The source? Lohith asked tentatively. Rasputina nodded. We will need a boat. We leave tonight. She marched out of the warehouse, barely giving them time to exit before she drew the door shut. She turned to them and smiled, a feral grin that chilled Lohith to the bone. I can't wait to get out of this city. That's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for the conclusion of Against the Wind.